Hi everyone, my name is Olga Davidson and I am your host at Awakening Podcast. The intention of this channel is to create a healing space where we will be talking about how to awake our consciousness, our inner voice, intuition, sexuality, self-love, body, health, ability to self-heal, spirituality and creativity. Also, I'll be sharing nutrition and fitness advices, self-development tools, rituals, meditations, your life purpose and become your highest self. It will be a mix of solo casts and interviews with um, experts. And also a Russian version of this podcast is available and I'm very excited to broadcast internationally. Some of you probably know me as fitness and nutrition coach. Bodybuilding was a big part of my life for a while. But I have much more to share with you. My immigrant's experience and cultural insights from living in four different cultures, relationship tips, how to prepare for meeting your soulmate, attract true love and build strong relationship. In this episode, I'll tell you my story, what my mission is, but I'll start about what inspired me to launch this podcast. Three months ago, I took a medicine woman course. It was about uh, feminine wisdom, womb awakening, uh, rituals, breath works and meditations. And there was uh, some very powerful meditation which had a huge impact on me. During that meditation, we had to go within our inner forest and meet three wise women. Each of them had a cup for us. The first woman gave me a cup of sorrow. She told me, look inside and you'll see there a heartbreak, a loss, something what left stitches on the back of your heart. And I looked inside and I saw that it's actually loss of my grandmother when I was um, not able to say goodbye to her because I was in a different country. And uh, by the time I arrived, she already died. And uh, it really was heavy for me for a while. And uh, that woman told me, take that sorrow and dissolve it in a clear lake and watch how love and forgiveness reflects and come back to you. It was a beautiful moment. And the next woman gave me a cup of shadows and she told me, look inside and you'll see your dark side. Something what doesn't serve you anymore, some patterns or some behaviors. And uh, at that moment, it was uh, my quality that sometimes when I am into conflict, I don't want to take responsibilities and I just go into defensive mechanism and I am more like, hey, it's, it's, it's your fault. And uh, uh, it's something very small, but I've noticed it and I'm working on that. And during that situation, it really arised. And uh, she told me, take that and burn in a blazing fire, uh, diffuse its heaviness and watch it disappearing in the air. Boom. The next one was a cup of lost hope and she told me look inside and you'll see seeds that hold your dreams wilted without fruition. And I realized it was uh, my dream to create a space, a podcast or website or courses where I would be able to share my experience and help people to transform their lives, uh, help women to become a better version of themselves. And uh, 
I had this dream for a while, but at some point I had a lot of self-doubts and uh, I thought maybe I'm not good enough for that. And uh, uh, maybe um, I just, my mission is just to be a great housewife and uh, be good mother and I'll just focus on that. And uh, then that woman told me, take those seeds, take your lost hope and bury it. Bury it in underbelly of creation of Mother Earth in a moist, dark soil. Trust, you cannot imagine what she can bring into creation for you. And I burst it into tears. Once meditation was over, I pulled out my journal and started writing all my insights, all my feelings. I was still crying. And then at the end, I just wrote an action plan. And um, three days after, we had a plant medicine ceremony with shaman where I saw the name of this podcast, the concept, the idea, and it was such a clear vision. And uh, at the end of ceremony, shaman read a prayer for all of the people struggling in the world right now, especially during the pandemic. And uh, again, I started to cry. So much racism, multi-generational trauma, pain and suffering needing to be healed on this planet. And spreading my love and compassion using my voice on a podcast is the least what I can do to make this world a better place. And um, I realized... uh, that I have no expectations from that. Maybe this podcast will not be for everyone and I will not have too many followers. Maybe it will be just my mom and a few friends. But if it will impact just a few lives, my mission will be accomplished. If it will impact thousands and millions of people, I'll be over the moon. And a few days after, I hired a team to delegate some of the tasks, such as designers, editing, uh, technical questions, and I contacted one of my favorite musicians, Darpan, who writes healing music, and he gave me permission to use his song Awakening for my intro and outro. I was so happy. And uh, I'll start this episode with a revelation. For about two weeks, I thought about what would make the perfect first episode, and then I had a self-esteem crisis. That day, I was working on the section of the website where I needed to write about myself. The moment of self-examination has came. Who am I to teach everyone here? I myself have not been able to launch my website or my podcast yet. I have an accent. English is my third language. And sometimes I speak with mistakes. And what if people will not like my content? And uh, I will be ashamed. I was drowning in the fears. And then my husband slipped me a video of Brené Brown about the power of vulnerability. And it dawned on me. I realized that, again, I faced this freaking feeling of unworthiness and perfectionism. Because of that feeling, I was procrastinating for so much. I was afraid that it will be not perfect and uh, thought that I was not enough, successful, experienced, smart technical. So I was just running away from the pain of potential failure and criticism. But Brené Brown said, you are imperfect and you are wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. In those moments of terror, instead of catastrophizing what may happen, just say, I'm so grateful because to feel this vulnerable, it means I am alive. We are enough. 
I understood that with my brain, but there was still a lump in my throat. The next morning, I started with the practice of gratitude. I often do the gratitude practices to the universe or someone else, but I do not remember if I ever did it to myself. So I wrote two pages in my journal with a gratitude to myself. And uh, I will not hesitate to read you some of them and even brag a little bit. I'm grateful to myself that I was not afraid to give up all my past life in my country and immigrate to America alone at age of 20 with just $500 in my pocket and then successfully bring my parents and sister. I'm grateful for myself that after living in Russian, Ukrainian, American and Canadian cultures, I have the ability to take all the best traits from all of them and apply it into my life. I'm grateful to myself that I redesigned my body doing bodybuilding. I feel and look at 30 better than I did at 20. Also, on my way to the dream body, I took seven trophies in bikini bodybuilding competitions internationally. I'm grateful to myself that I help women to lose weight and they squeal with delight when they fit back again into their favorite dresses and jeans. I'm grateful to myself that I managed to invest money in real estate and stocks and have some passive income. I'm grateful that I learned to love and respect myself. So that's when I met the man of my dreams, I was ready to be pampered with love. I'm grateful to myself that I respect my body enough to be careful what types of products I put into my body and on the top of my skin, because everything what gets on the top of the skin eventually gets inside of the body as well. I'm grateful to myself that every day I devote at least one hour to my body and mind for physical, spiritual, mental practices such as workouts, yoga, meditations, reading and self-development programs. I'm grateful to myself that I learned to harness the power of divine feminine energy and watch my husband's divine masculine energy flourish. I'm grateful that I created my own reality and do what brings me joy. How was that? After this practice, I found myself in a completely opposite state of mind. And this is just one simple practice. Try it, sit down and write down 21 things you are grateful yourself for. Your wings will unfold. Today I'm recording this episode from a beautiful lakefront cottage where I live with my beloved husband, who by the way, ironically, decided to build it for us last year in case of pandemic. He read a Neil Strauss book named Emergency and uh, when construction was over in early March, a few days after COVID uh, quarantine started. And we decided to isolate ourselves in this cottage in the forest uh, where nearest neighbors live uh, just in a radius of one kilometer away from us. And once we moved to the country, we realized we love being close to the nature so much that we decided to stay here until we have children. We thought, like, why would we come back to this stressful city with so many noises and bad air quality when we can just be here in the middle of the forest, take a forest walk every day, enjoy lake? It doesn't make any sense. But my life wasn't always like that. I'll tell you my story. I was born in a very small country that doesn't even exist on the map. It is located between Moldova and Ukraine, and it's named Transnistria. It's a country that's stuck in a past. 
there is um, about half million people who still live in the era of Soviet Union. You can learn more about it by watching a documentary, The Last Soviets. A link will be attached to the notes. Trust me, you'll have some fun watching it. Coins in this country are made of paper and look like colorful poker chips. Every scholar there knows how to deassemble weapons, and our former president is wanted by the police. The country is unrecognized, but it has its own constitution, president, parliament, and currency. Even though my parents were very educated people, they both were engineers. In my childhood, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, there was such a big deficit and it was very difficult times for my family. We only had sweets on Saturdays and um, a pair of jeans or a pair of boots were worn to the halls. I was always even happy when my clothes were torn because I knew that my parents would have no choice but to take me for a shopping. And I remember how one day my mother brought me a pair of red glance shoes and I burst into tears. I was about five years old at that time and I have no idea where she got them, but no one had anything like that. Everything was the same in Soviet Union and a while after Soviet Union was broke up. And uh, there is even movies about that, how same everything was, even buildings and uh, items in the apartment and clothes. And uh, if you want to add another movie to your recommendation list, take a look at The Irony of Fate. And uh, I remember moments when I was walking around my town and I was looking around, looking on the ground, and I had a feeling that this is not my land. I would be in another place. I didn't know how to explain that, but my intuition probably was talking to me since childhood. However, I forgot to listen to it for about 20 years and I just start learning again how to listen more into my heart, listen more to my intuition, and um, I'm gonna share more stories about that as we go. So it was such a strange feeling. I didn't know what I wanted to run away from, where to or why. It was just some kind of body impulse, an emotion where you can't even explain to anyone why you leave your family and everything you have and choose to the unknown. And uh, restrictions in the family, restrictions inside, internal conflict. I just wanted to run somewhere. My mom called our country a black hole. It seemed to me that anywhere was better than there. The first stop was Kyiv, Ukraine, Aviation University. Studying in Kyiv was my childhood dream. I remember when I first saw the picture of Kyiv on the cover of Chocolate Box, I fell in love with that European capital. I've saved that cover and it became my first visualization board. I placed it uh, above my table when I, where I used to do my homework and every time I didn't want to do homework, I just looked at that picture and I was like, this is my dream, I'm gonna put some work into that. And uh, after a few years of dreaming about it, I was accepted to the university and I've got a scholarship. I was so excited to leave Transnistria and move to the better place, but at some point I've realized that I hadn't run away too far and I'm still not satisfied with my life. When I was packing to the USA for summer student exchange program, I asked myself whether I want to take away all my clothes from the student hostel in case I never come back, or will I be back in Ukraine to finish my education? So I decided to do some arithmetic. I've researched how much aeronautical engineers is making in Ukraine. 
it was $500 a month. How much is rent for decent one-bedroom apartment? And it was $300. And $100 US a month was my budget for food without eating meat. I only used to have meats on the weekends while visiting my relatives who were able to bring me some food from their family farm. And the last $100 I would split in between going out with my friends. It was about $50 just to go to the restaurant or to bowling or somewhere else. And uh, the last $50 I would spend to buy one piece of clothes a month. And uh, I had to plan what I buy every month. For example, this month I buy a pair of jeans, next month uh, new shoes, months after a new bag and so on. And after writing down all my expenses, all my budget, I went to the store to check how much a pack of Pampers and baby's food would cost. And I realized I will not be able to afford having kids being an engineer in Ukraine. So I decided to pack all my belongings and take them away from the hostel. I knew most likely I will never come back. The next stop was U.S., I traveled to America as a student twice with my friend, and the first time was in 2009 for three months, and the second summer was in 2010 uh, when I decided to stay. When we arrived to USA for the first time, we stopped in two different states. I had a job offer in CVS Pharmacy in Massachusetts, and my friend had a job offer in McDonald's in Maryland. Uh, After two weeks, once we arrived, um, she gave me a call. She said, hey, how are you doing? How's your new life in America? Do you enjoy it? I said, yeah, things are great. People are really nice here. Um, I've got new friends from Kyrgyzstan and the ocean is so beautiful, but it's kind of boring, you know? I walked one hour from my hotel one way and I ended up in a different town. Then the next day I walked one hour the opposite direction and I ended up in the next town. And I feel like I saw all it here already. What about you? She said, hmm, honestly, a job in McDonald's was never my dream job. So let's go to New York. Well, I only have $200 left in my pocket. She said, great, I have $300 left in my pocket. So together we have $500. Let's go to New York. Let's go to New York. So that was the story of how I moved to one of the most expensive cities in the world with only 200 bucks in my pocket. Without language, without any papers, without job, just with pure ambitions, enthusiasm and positive thinking. I wish I was as fearless now as I was in the age of 20, but um, in Russia we say fools are lucky. Somehow, we were so lucky with people we've met, with jobs, with place to stay, and it ended up as one of the best summers in my life. I was able to pay back to my parents for my summer program, get some shopping in US, and I even brought uh, a few hundred bucks as some cash with me when I returned to my university in Ukraine. We thought America is a paradise on the earth. However, when we came back to US for the second time, With the intention to stay, the game has changed. I've noticed that it often happens in my life. When I make a new decision, the universe just wants to see how toughy I am, how strong is my decision, and whether I'm ready for a change. So the second summer was completely the opposite. All our friends disappeared. 
the bar where we worked previous summer was closed. The woman who provided us with a room said we can only stay there for a summer and then we have to leave. Lawyers were shady. By the way, never deal with lawyers on Brighton Beach. <laughs> bad experience, very bad. And everyone was trying to take an advantage from us because we didn't speak language well. We didn't know how the laws work and um, how new culture works. It was really tough. I remember how we cried in, into each other's shoulders. And it reminds me an anecdote. I'll tell you the story, the anecdote. Man died, he ended up in heaven, and God reviews his book of life, and um, he's a little bit confused. He said, listen, man, I don't know what to send you, really. You didn't do something bad like Hitler or somebody else, nothing tragic, but you didn't do anything great for the humanity. You didn't... Uh, write any art or you didn't left any legacy you didn't have any impact on anyone's life i just don't know what to send you uh what if you just decide by yourself just take a tour to the paradise take a tour to the hell and pick your own place the man said great sounds good i've heard people really want to go to the paradise so um i would like to check what's going on there so he went to the paradise, he walked in into beautiful garden and there is a beautiful thriving uh, flowers, trees, the angels are flying around him, a beautiful flute is playing. He walked around, it's nice, but he thought it's kind of boring, not too much action is going on and it's just like nice and uh, beautiful garden, but what else? And he comes back to the god and said, okay, show me the hell. I want to see what's going on there. Once he said that, the gates of hell open up and he walks in and the sporty car with open roof comes to pick him up. There is uh, some woman um, with very sexy clothes. They go to casino, they do gambling, they go to strip clubs, they try all the drugs, they have so much parties, so much fun. And then he comes back to God and he said, you know what? Um, I don't know why people don't want to go to hell. They are so... They, they really want to go only to paradise, but I think I'll be different. I'll just go to the hell. I feel like this is my wife. I'll go there. And once he said that, the devil grabs him and puts in a pan and starts frying him on a fire. And he said, oh my God, what's going on? That's not what we um, agreed on. And God said, oh, my friend, don't confuse tourism with immigration. That was exactly our story. The first summer when we were just tourists, our summer was so perfect, like a paradise. When we came back as immigrants, real hell started and it lasted for over three years. Every time somebody knocked the door, I thought it's immigration and my heart would skip a bit and I was aiming to run away through the window of my bedroom. Also, I used to have a so-called immigrant's nightmare. It's when you have a dream that finally you are flying home, you are so excited to see your friends and family, but in the middle of your trip, in the air, or when you finally met your friends, you realize, wait a second, I don't have my papers done yet. 
and I will never be able to come back to USA. And you try to return the plane or you run away from your friends, but then you realize it's too late and then you just wake up and it's so scary. And apparently it's a very common dream among immigrants based on the fear. And uh, I made a poll among my friends immigrants and uh, 88% of them told me that they had exactly the same dream and it was just maybe different a little bit different variation but exactly the same meaning it's very interesting and um i struggled for a while until one day when i realized that i'm so tired from living in fear and pain and i just decided to let it go just switch my focus find what i love and start to finally enjoy my life I've realized there is so many beautiful things I can focus on instead, such as traveling, learning and trying new things, um, getting a job I love, and my life started to change. Tony Robbins say where focus goes, energy flows. I've got a new job, which I loved. I started to travel more, enjoy life, and papers magically came in into my life when I stopped thinking about it. It was really miracle for me. One day after my shift um, at a new job, in, I worked in a very nice Russian restaurant and I didn't even feel like I was working because it was so much fun there. And um, after my shift, I stopped um, in a church. It was a night before Russian Orthodox Easter. And uh, I went there to visit and to pray to my favorite icon of Saint Nicholas, who is famous in our religion for bringing miracles into people's life. And I asked him carefully, if you only have time or energy for me, because I know you're probably too busy with helping other people who are really in need, but if there is a room for me, I would be so grateful to see a miracle of reuniting my family here in USA by winning green card lottery. Um, at that time, my family was living in four different countries. My mom was uh, in Russia trying to make some money as a nanny because she was making as a nanny in Russia more than she was making as an engineer in Transnistria. Uh, my dad stayed in Transnistria at home. My sister was in her university in Ukraine and I was in um, USA. And uh, family is top value for me. That's why I asked for reunion for our family. And what do you think? I came back home, I opened my computer, and my jaw dropped. There was two green cards. My family won two green cards at the same year, and uh, I was shocked. I couldn't believe even that. What was that? I'm not sure. Maybe a miracle, or maybe the law of attraction, but the recipe was visualization plus action taken and letting it go. Right before I decided to let my paper situation go, I just um, created a dream board. I placed um, a printout of magnet and four green cards around it for each member of my family. I asked them to send me a passport photo, so I was very serious about that process. I wrote down dates exactly when I want them to receive those green cards. And uh, once I was done with that dream board, I just placed it somewhere in the closet and I forgot about it. And I also, of course, filled out for lottery because without action, <laughs> there is, the visualization doesn't work without action. And then I thought, what else can I do? I can't do anything. I was struggling for three years. I can't do anything. So I'll just let it go. Switch my focus. And um, I've got 
green cards and all my family eventually became legalized. And the other story about attraction by letting go was meeting my soulmate, my husband. I knew exactly what type of relationship I want to have in my life and what type of person I want to spend my life with. And uh, I even had a list of qualities uh, which my ideal man's supposed to have. And um, I wrote it down in 2006 and I've met my husband in 2008. And uh, the only quality from that list which he doesn't have yet is the ability to speak Russian, but he studies it hard and soon I'll put checkmark there as well. But that didn't happen in one day either. First, I had to learn lots of lessons in relationship without a future, grow up, uh, have a few heartbreaks, um, just learn again how to love myself. And uh, it took me about 10 years to find the right man. And I'm so grateful that I had the patience not to settle for less, despite the comments and advices of my friends and relatives who said that it was time for me to get married, otherwise I'll be become an, an old diva and I will not be able to have kids and so on. And in choosing partner, I was only listening to my heart. We'll share our story about our relationship tips in the next episode, which we recorded together already. I also searched for my self-actualization for a very long time. I studied aeronautical engineering in Ukraine for three years, then I dropped out, moved to the States, went to study therapeutic massage in New York because I was... I always liked anatomy and working with body, but people around began to say, it's not prestigious. I listened and I quit, went to study finance, then real estate, and everything was not right and didn't resonate with my soul in any way. And uh, somehow I managed to buy my first home in Florida and help my mom to buy her first house in Pennsylvania, but I didn't like what I was doing. Every time phone rang, I jumped away from it and my anxiety was starting. It took me so much time to find an internship uh, in real estate and uh, a couple of months before completing my bachelor's degree uh, in real estate business administration, I finally got a job in property management company in New York. And again, every time the phone rang, I wanted to jump away from it. Anything that could break would break. Computer, printer, scanner... And uh, even though my boss was the best boss in the world and everyone in the office was very supportive, I still felt out of the place. But meanwhile, I had a favorite hobby for several years. It was something that I could do forever. It was bodybuilding. I competed in amateur competitions in America and Canada and was always winning prizes. Why? Because I just loved it. I loved walking on the stage and, and I would spend hours and hours reading about nutrition and how our body works. When people started to see my results and how my body was changing, they started to ask if I could help them with nutrition plan or training program. And money just started to flow towards me by its own while I was just sharing with them what helped me to love myself and gain confidence in my body. Then I saw Hmm, wait a second. Why am I in the office doing what brings me anxiety for very little money when there is a people who are ready to bring me money for what I love to do? It doesn't make any sense. And it was an aha moment. Because somebody believes it's not prestigious or stable or what else other people say. 
At that moment, I decided not to listen to anybody else, forget about my diploma, and just do what I love and only listen to my heart. Since that moment, I have never felt like I work again. Chinese philosopher Confucius said, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. I told you these little stories from my life to show how important it is to listen to your heart and to yourself, trust your intuition, use your third eye maybe, and just not listen to the outside noises. I would not be where I am right now if I would listen to others. You also have all the answers within you. The only way out is in. The other lesson here was to learn how to let go things that you cannot change. If something doesn't work well for you, just switch your focus to what you love. Most likely, the universe has prepared a much larger gift that you can imagine. Just trust her. That's all for now. If you think this episode may be helpful and inspiring for somebody else, please use the momentum and share it with them right now. Spread the love. Thank you for joining this episode. And remember, you are not perfect, but you are worthy of love and belonging. You are beautiful just the way you are. And I love you. See you next episode. Namaste. Namaste.